This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Our show has grown to a place that I am just so humbled by. I am so appreciative to each of you, our listeners. You're the reason the show is worth doing. I'm grateful that you continue to listen, and I'm grateful that you continue to introduce your colleagues to the show. And man, I love the DMs. Keep them coming. I love hearing how our conversations are helping you in your career. It is absolutely why I love doing this show every single week. And today, I got one you're going to want to send me thank yous about, okay? Today, we're in for a real treat. I'm excited to bring back one of my all-time favorite, favorite guests to the show, especially right now as we're starting the new year. She joined us a couple of years ago in February of 2022, and that show she did with me was one of her top three most downloaded shows of 2022, and I've been jonesing to have her back ever since. The person I'm talking about is Hannah Huseman. Hannah is a mental performance coach who has made a huge impact with sales leaders, professional athletes, and first responders. In fact, for the last two years, Hannah's been the mental performance coach for the Texas Rangers baseball team, or should I say the World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball team. And Hannah, I want to hear a little bit about that. And I hope you better have got a uh, a ring from these guys as part of it. Um, after seven years as professional sports, Hannah launched her private practice, Mental Sweat. Hannah works with individuals and organizations offering individual mental performance coaching, group development work. She also travels worldwide as a keynote speaker on how training your mental skills fuels the growth of any person. Now, if you missed Hannah's first episode on our show, you're going to want to go back and listen to her because she introduced some really important topics that I've never forgotten, especially this idea of junk confidence versus real confidence. And that has been a game changer for a ton of people. So I had to have Hannah join us as we kicked off 2024 because the six inches between our ears is undoubtedly the most important thing for us to get right. So let's get after it. Hannah, my friend, 
Welcome back to the show, and thank you once again for joining us. Thank you for having me. Gosh, what an intro. I'm I'm pumped to be here with you today. I'm pumped to have you. First of all, congratulations on a World Series title. Uh, thank you're you. You're part of that squad. Like, what, what was that run like? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It's it's one of those things that people talk about for so long, you know, and it's the goal of every MLB team, right? Win a World Series, win a World Series. And some people say it and it feels like it could happen. Some people say it and it doesn't feel like it could happen. And from the get-go, that's what we were saying. And sure enough, the journey happens and you peak at the right time and baseball's a wild sport. And so there's so many unknowns and and things that you're just some of them you're prepared for and some of you aren't. And it just is the way it all turns out. And it was a pretty epic run. So it was it was really cool to be a part of. And the biggest question, do you get a ring? <laughs> I do. I actually got sized for it last <laughs> week. So I Let's can't wait go. to see it. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't wait for you to send me a picture of it on your finger. <laughs> yeah, that's actually been like the number one question people have asked, believe it or not. Uh, as a guy who's a <laughs> lover of competitive sports, I I can see why it's the first question. Yep. Yep. Like you can't yeah. go buy those, man. You got to go win those, right? Yeah. I was talking to someone who's been in baseball for like 20 or 30 years. And even he was like, you know, I have one, like it takes people a lifetime. And some people have been in the game for longer than I've been alive and don't have one. Like it's pretty, it, it really is um, pretty special. So, so let's build off that. You joined us two years ago. It was a killer episode. You, it was one of my favorites, but a lot has happened to you since you were on the show a couple of years ago. Like you won a world series and now you're building a <laughs> private practice. Can you just update? We got our shows grown. Like when you were on before we had like 25,000 listeners. Now we got 50. Yeah. There's a whole Amazing. bunch of people that might be, might be the first time they've heard you. Can you introduce yeah. yourself and what you do uh, to our, to our listeners? Totally. So um, like Rob said, I'm Hannah Huseman, um, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and I played Let's college go. softball. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, I always knew I wanted to work with elite performers. I just didn't really, I thought it was in sports, didn't really know what it was and took a class in performance and sports psychology and fell in love with it. Um, and mostly because I knew I didn't have that when I was playing and I was like, this is what I want. This is like a huge piece of the game we're not talking about. And so got my master's um, from the University of Tennessee. And from there, uh, had an internship with the Pittsburgh Pirates and started my journey into the baseball world and um, just wrapped up my seventh year um, working Crazy. in professional baseball. Yeah. And it, it's been amazing. It's funny. Like when I think back on the last seven years, like I went into it, this like young doe-eyed, like didn't really know what I was doing. And now I'm married and like love it. And it's just, it's so cool how, how fast life hits you. But um, yeah, seven years and finally decided, you know, after a couple years of debating what I want to do and what my future looks like that I wanted to honestly branch out of just the baseball world. Like I, I love helping those players and staff so much, but I've kind of been inundated with other people interested in what mental performance is and how it can impact not only who they are as performers, but who they are as humans. And I am just enthralled by that and, and so fascinated by humans and elite level performance in all realms. And if you ask me, we're all performing in some way, shape or form, even if you're a mom or a dad, if you have a job, if you're a podcast host, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, you're performing. And so mental performance can help anyone and everyone. And so kind of expanding the horizon and seeing what else is out there and really excited to get into some different entities, especially kind of focusing in the corporate world too. Well, that's a perfect setup for what I want to do today. And one of the reasons our listeners love the show is it's never scripted. You know, we weren't scripted last time. You and me didn't have a prep call this time. And, uh, and so this is going to be Hannah 
unplugged and it's going to be fun. Be the careful way you what said, you ask for, Rob. <laughs> you know, you're a known quantity. If you if this was our first time, it would not have gone down that way, but you're a known no, quantity. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason I love the way you set that up is you said that you're finding that there's this, it's this thing that they know is important, but they're not sure how to go about it. You said yep. it kind of like that. Yep. And you have this background of helping, you're right, because business people are performers. They're no different than an athlete or an artist or whatever. And mm -hmm. so I think every leader that is leading a sales team or any kind of team, they know mindset's important. We know it. We know, like we hear like lame entry level version of this mm -hmm. of, hey, positive mental attitude, keep your chin up. And, but I think very few people know what to do about it because nobody's trained on how to do it. They need, you know, it's, it's, it's a small group of people like you that have become expert at it. And even better than that, have actually practiced it. Like it's one thing to have learned a few things, but for you to have focused on it at the highest level, it separates you from so many people because what I've observed is too often leaders just become what I refer to, and maybe you can tell me it's a bad analogy. It's a glorified cheerleader. They got their pom poms. They got their, you know, their go team go, and and that's about what it is. It's like the Rob Schneider character on the Water Boy, uh, Adam Sandler's movie, saying you can do it. Right. That's, a, that's about all it is. And so, yeah. Like, am, am I seeing it that? No. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got a pretty um, harsh take on this one. Um, so Let's buckle go. up. Um, Let's go. I think I think you're right, right? And with social media, like there are a billion quotes out there, and some of them are really good, and some of them are like, "Wow, I've never thought about it that way." Some of them you've seen a hundred times, right? You can Google what is confidence. You can Google what is resilience, right? You have so much access to that at your fingertips, and then you have so many people who are claiming to be able to help you at that. And on a superficial level, that's what I call it on a superficial level. Cool. Great. Like, you know, you can go listen to a 10 minute YouTube talk and be fired up for probably yes. about 30 minutes. Okay. But the lasting impact is minimal. And I think that's what you have to take a step back and think about. And do I think there's a time and a place for like the raw, raw, like you can do it. Absolutely. Like it's pretty minimal, but there are times and places where I think that's super valuable. But I think if you're really trying to make lasting impact on who you are and what you're doing, there's no fast approach to that, right? There's no cookie cutter. There's no superficial. It's really deep. It's really ugly. It's it's learning what's the best part of you, what's the worst part of you, and dissecting that and then figuring out how you handle all of the things that are thrown at you. And that's the cool part about what we do. And if anybody gives you a cookie cutter approach to this, run the other direction, right? Because we're all human beings, which means we all have different brains and we all work differently. So what fires you up, Rob, may actually bring me down. Or well, I've already feels... experienced that. I've learned that yeah. lesson. <laughs> yeah. And and so it's, it's not just a matter of like understanding how those around you, I think a lot of times, this is a good one. I think a lot of times we focus on how the people around us, how they communicate, how they receive feedback, all of those things. But how do you communicate? How do you receive feedback? How do you give feedback? Like, do you genuinely have an understanding of how you operate and the impact you have on those around you? When you do, when you have a deeper sense of yourself, that's when things really start to change. And when you really start to gain control of the things that maybe you didn't have control over, you start to become aware of the things that you maybe weren't even aware of, right? You don't know what you don't know. It's so much deeper than just this raw, raw moment, which again, can be beneficial, but not to the depth that you probably want it to be. All right. That is a perfect setup. You just gave us a great clip that will for sure be on Sales Leadership <laughs> United uh, on why 
learning this matters um, because you need to be able to do this yourself, but you also need to be at least rudimentary on helping other people do stuff like this. So I want to, I want to peel it back for a second if I can. Mm -hmm. So when, when you start with someone like, where do you start? Is it self-awareness? That's kind of what I heard you say, yep. Yep, but nailed it, but okay. So yeah. Where do you start? Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny when I think about where to start, it's pretty casual, honestly, because I need to know who you are. I need to know what your background is. I need to know what your upbringing is. I need to know what your family life is like, what your job's like, what are the good, what are the bad? And you know what? Sometimes that takes a minute because who are you to trust me? Right, right off the bat. And maybe you come in really hot and you're like, I've gotten a lot of really bad feedback. I need help. Or you come in, you're like, I don't really know what this is all about, but I'm interested in kind of getting better. And so I want to know why you're here, why you're motivated, why you aren't motivated, right? What scares you about this? What excites you about this? What your goals are? And so it's really trying to get a bigger picture of who you are and then where you want to go. So that's one of my favorite analogies. I think a lot of humans know where they want to go, right? You think about, think about a mall map, right? You walk into a mall, you go to the mall map. What's the first thing you look for on a mall map? Usually where am the, I now? Where am yeah. I now? Yeah. yeah, you are here. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. And then you figure out where you want to go and then you figure out how you're going to get there. Yep. But in the real world, we really only focus on where we want to go. And we sometimes don't take the first couple steps of, well, actually, where are you right now? How far away from where you want to go are you? How close are you? How, how, what are your strengths to get you there? What are your weaknesses to hold you back from getting there? And so one of the places I like to start is really like a raw cut of where are you and who are you? And sometimes that's not the most fun thing to do. Cause I mean, we can all get better. And in order to get better, you have to recognize some weaknesses and that's where self-awareness comes in and, and. I think the foundation of any mental performance is self-awareness, right? Because I can pretend to read your mind. And sometimes I do think I can actually read mine, but the reality of it is you have to know what's going on up here to do anything about it, right? You can't grow if you don't know. You cannot grow if you don't know what's going on upstairs. And so some of us think we know what's going on, but then when we take a deeper look, we're like, whoa, there's a lot more going up, uh, going on upstairs than we actually thought, or we realized, or even we know what to do with. And so it's kind of like, how do we organize those thoughts? How do we become aware of those thoughts? And then what are we going to do with them to help you become the best version of you? So self-awareness 100% is where I would start. Oh, Hannah, this is really interesting to me because first of all, I'm fascinated by this. Like I'm fascinated by neuroscience and everything along with it. And you'll forget more when you sleep at night than I ever know. And I feel like I know more than a lot because I've spent a lot of time on it. So that's why, like, I'm going to geek out with you on some of this stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. But for our audience, there's two applications of this. One is their own mental performance. Mm -hmm. And the other is being a leader who can help those they lead have stronger mental uh, skills. It, yeah. it, and so they have to be able to be trusted enough to have that self-awareness conversation. But is it hard to have that self-awareness for yourself without someone helping you? Pretty tough. Um, it, it's pretty tough. Is that a fair I, question? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. I think, I think it's pretty tough, right? Because I, I was actually listening to something the other day and it was like, you need naysayers in your life, right? You need Ooh. the people who will be like, Hey, this actually isn't as good as you think, because I think we all have a lot of people in our corner that are really pumped up about what you do and how you do it and are your biggest fans and cheerleaders. But how many people do you have in your corner who are questioning and challenging what you do? 
and not in a right mind you not in a way of like degrading and like just being rude or and obnoxious but like in a way that's like healthy hey like i actually think you could be better here and i think that's a real question to take a step back at and look at and who's in your circle who would actually be really honest with you and it gets a little tricky when it's a spouse right because you're you're kind of like well, here's what's going on at home, but what about work? Like, do they actually know your work performance and what you're doing? Are they in on that? Are they not? And so it, it it's actually kind of difficult to find somebody who could know and understand the ins and outs of who you are and what you do. And, and you have to kind of be willing to be vulnerable with that person. But I think as far as, I think it starts with a leader. And I think if a leader has a really great experience with said mental performance coach, or they start to understand more about who they are and what they do, they aren't automatically going to become a mental performance coach, but they sure as heck can model some of the behaviors, yeah. right? They can set the tone or they can say, Hey, you know, what's really important to me. I invest X amount of money on a mental performance coach every year. We're going to support you actually getting a mental performance coach too. Maybe the budget isn't as high because there's a hierarchy here, whatever it is. But we think this is such an important aspect of who you are and how your performance and the impact it can have that we're going to encourage you to go invest in this. I love that. And maybe it's even like, be careful reading hundreds and hundreds of books, right? Be careful, like go find someone or something that's really going to impact you on a deeper level. And then let's see how far that can take us. I mean, and the crazy part is more and more people in the corporate world are starting to hire mental performance coaches on staff because they realize how important this is. So Wendy it, it's, Rhodes, it's, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's accessibility. It's it's also just like a standard, right? If you're the leader and you're setting the standard of this is how I, this is what I do to perform my best, people are going to follow. So I want to go back to self-awareness then. And mm -hmm. I, if I'm guiding this too much, I want you to say, Rob, you're asking the wrong questions. You're allowed, okay. I, like, you need to tell me that, okay? I want okay. you to be, the, you just said you need people in your life that will tell you the naysayers, <laughs> but I'm asking you the wrong question. You need to tell me that, okay? Okay. Um, <clears throat> self-awareness, I, I always try to be really aware of self-talk. Does self-talk play into this at all? Yep, it does. It, it's so, a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Because I, I've always thought you have the most conversations with yourself. And last time yep. you were on, you talked about real confidence versus junk confidence and some other killer things that we don't need to regurgitate because they can go back and listen to it again. It's an yeah. amazing episode. But if you're going to yeah. have stronger mental performance, how do you have that conversation with yourself in a way that's not weird? Yeah. So I think you have to realize human beings have upwards of 60,000 thoughts a day. Um, it, it's pretty wild. Like your brain doesn't wow. stop, right? Even when you're asleep, you're dreaming, right? You're, you're still thinking as soon as you wake up, you're thinking, should I snooze? Should I not snooze? What am I going to do for like, you're immediately before your feet hit the ground, you're already having thoughts and decisions you're going to have to make. So um, I, I do think self-talk is a huge piece of it. And I think the more, aware you are of what's going on upstairs, the more aware you are of your self-talk and, and self-talk is tricky because if you don't, if you aren't aware of what's going on up here, and then you just start throwing super positive mantras at yourself, like I can do it, or you're the best person in the whole wide world, or I'm the greatest salesman there ever was. Your brain has a bullshit meter. Okay. Your brain has a legit bullshit meter and you not only aren't impacting yourself in the way that you possibly could, you might actually be doing mo more harm than good. Okay. It'd be like a baseball player walking up to the on-deck circle before they actually get into the box. And they're like, I'm the best hitter in the world. I'm going to hit a home run every single at bat to a certain extent. 
there is a piece of that confidence that you need, but there's also a certain extent that if you go up there and expect to hit a home run every single time, and then you don't hit a home run every single time, you might be doing more damage than good. So when it comes to self-talk to me, it's really about less positive versus negative self-talk, more helpful versus hurtful self-talk. And I can't remember if we talked about that last time, but we didn't, but that's interesting. Yeah. Positive self-talk. I think we get in this trap of like, you can do it. You're going to be great. Everything's fine. You just totally bomb that presentation, but it's okay. You'll be fine. And it's like, (laughs) actually like you didn't do a great job on that presentation. How can we get better? And sometimes, sometimes this, this backfires for those of us who might be super critical of ourselves, right. Or super hard on ourselves. We tend to absolutely destroy ourselves, right. And ridicule ourselves and bring ourselves down. And to a certain extent, I do believe that's helpful, right. Because you're creating awareness that what you did wasn't good and you know, you can be better at it, but are you actually giving yourself ways to be better at it? Or are you just like yelling at yourself? And one of the examples I have of this is like, let's say I, I, in the middle of a presentation, I'd call you up on stage and I'd be like, Rob, let's say you had a horrible presentation. Okay. All right. And you're going to, you're going to ask me how'd it go, Hannah. And, and let's consider ourselves pretty good friends. Okay. You like come up it. to me and you're like, Hannah, how'd it go? Rob, I can't even believe you're asking me this. You are horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why you're laughing. It wasn't funny. Like people are laughing at you. You embarrassed our company. You embarrassed me. You don't deserve to wear that shirt. You don't deserve to even be this podcast host. Like, who do you think you are? You're an embarrassment. You literally, well, you embarrassed your family today. Okay. And then I'd say in scene, right? And everyone's like, <gasps> like you can hear a pencil drop. Like it's pretty yeah. intense. And By the way, you're the maybe a little too good at that. Just so you no, know. I, and, and I didn't even say a curse word. You should hear it when cursing gets involved. Um, But what I would ask the crowd at that point is, would you ever say that to a coworker? And they're like, no, absolutely not. You're crazy. And then I would say, would you ever say it to yourself? The answer is yes. Every time, every day, right? Every day I embarrass myself. I I don't deserve to work here. I suck. I, I, there's nobody worse than me, right? All these things. And so the challenge here and what I say for self-talk is talk to yourself the way you would talk to a best friend. Okay. So, or your best coworker, somebody who you want to be brutally honest with, right? So let's say we are best friends and you do have a bad presentation and you're like, Hannah, how'd it go? Rob, oof, man, not your best. Like we, we both know that wasn't your best, but we both know you can be better because of that. So let's talk about ways to be better for next time. Like, how can I help you prepare better? What can I do to support you? How can you get better at supporting this? Like, it's okay to be frustrated right now. Right. So it's a very realistic but productive conversation that's helpful versus just like straight ridiculing yourself. That's not getting you anywhere or gaining anything. So helpful versus hurtful self-talk is where I prime clients to go to pretty constantly. And I'm on page two of my notes. This is, this is so fun, but it's also so good. And let me tell you why. The reason I wanted, like, I pushed so hard to record with you, and I'm going to push you to the front of the line, is I want our leaders to hear this message in January. I want them to hear it at the beginning of the year, because you already know this. You work with professionals all the time. Sales leaders are asked to engineer the greatest year in company history every single year, okay? Mm -hmm. Kind of like a baseball team that has to try and be a repeat champion, Mm -hmm. and so last year was great, but next year has to be better, and as salespeople, we signed up for the more button. So everybody's getting their new goals. Everybody's getting their new expectations. Everybody's being told you got to do something that's never been done here before. And so 
I love how you just gave us a clinic on self-talk, helpful versus hurtful. For our leaders right now that are tasked with getting a team together that says, yes, we can go do something that's never done before and we have confidence we can do it. Any advice on like, how do you do more than just give them a goal? Like, is there things they can do to help with the mental side of this as part of how they kick off the year? Yeah, great, great question. I think I think when you're talking about those types of things, you're talking about the greater culture, right? And you're talking about what what environments are you creating that are inviting people to experience those types of things, right? Instead of almost like you have to buy in, it's how do you create a culture where they have no choice but to buy in? Like it, it's it's this inevitable way of being that they see is successful and they're like going to be left at the train station if they don't hop on board. And so mm. it, it's, it's a really, and this is, this is big picture. And I talk about this a lot because I think as leaders, sometimes we have the ability to say the right things, but then our actions don't necessarily follow. Like my door's always open. No, it's not. Or whenever <laughs> I need to ask you a question, you have a harsh backlash response or a short response that feels like I'm not able to communicate with you. And this is where, this is where I've had a lot of conversations lately with, um, higher ups working with quote unquote, the next generation. And I think we have such an interesting time in our lives right now, because I think you have this group of people who are young professionals who are eager to be successful, but they also have wants and needs. They want to have life balance. They they want to be able to work from home, right? They experience that it, it is possible. And so how do you do that? And so one of my biggest theories that I'm probably going to write a book on one day is let's about, go. Yeah. Oh, books are common. I just don't know in what capacity, but I, I end up always coming back to this concept of it's kind of a theory for coaches, right? And it's this ability to balance challenging and empowering at the same time, because I think like even how you started this conversation of the water boy reference of you can do it, right? That's an encourager. You're an encourager. And in certain situations and instances, we need to be encouraged and we need to be the encourager, right? But if you only encourage as a leader, if you only encourage every time you see somebody, you're encouraging them, you're you're super positive, you're doing that. What are you to them? Cheerleader. You're yeah. you're hundred percent. You're, you're shallow. Yeah. You're, you're a friend, you're a cheerleader, you're their biggest fan. Well, in high performance, in any kind of performance, you don't really sign up for a job for friends. Right. Like you don't need friends. It's not, it's not necessarily, it's not your number one role as a leader to be a friend and don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying that in a way of go be an asshole. I'm saying that in a way that that's only a part of what you do is empowerment. But if you only choose to empower, they're going to see you as a friend and they're not going to take you seriously enough when you actually need to push them and make them the best of their ability. Like if I want to be the best I can be, I'm probably not going to go run to the cheerleader, right? Because they're going to tell me I'm already good enough or they're going to tell me everything I'm doing is awesome and great. And it's like, no, but I know I can be better. And that can be really discouraging to somebody who knows that they can be better, but they feel like they're not getting better because you're not helping them get better. So that's one side of the spectrum, right? This encouragement piece. On the other side of the spectrum is this challenge piece, right? And as a leader, now same goes for this concept. What if you're the leader who's always constantly challenging people? So no matter how far above and beyond I go, no matter what great work that I do, what great deals that I make, what money I'm bringing in, whatever it is, Every single time I come to talk to you, it's never good enough. 
You're always going to challenge me. You're always going to give me something else to do. Hey, uh, okay, well, I want you to make 2 million instead of 1 million now, or I want you to do like, you never, what do you become to them then when all you do is challenge? Then you become maybe almost adversarial. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it creates an unavoidable situation where they don't want to be around you anymore. Right? I can't because win. I can't win ever, ever. Yeah. And let me tell you something, even in the sport of baseball, where it feels like you always can't win, the thing that keeps them coming back is that they win one out of every three times. So even if they're losing, they still see glimpses of wins and glimpses of success. And that's what keeps you coming. It's just like golf, right? Golf sucks. It's really, really hard. But when you have that one perfect shot, you're good yes. for another month. It's right? funny that you said that. That was exactly where my mind was. I was thinking of my golf game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's that one, like, it's that pleasure sense of like, whoa, I did something right. And not only did I do something right, it was acknowledged by someone of importance. So you can't just only challenge, but you can't just only empower. You have to be this balance. And so one of the ways I like to say it is I want to be the person who makes somebody say like, F you almost like they're mad at me because I'm, I'm challenging them so much. But then they're like, they walk out the door saying F yeah. Like no one believes in me more. I can go do this. I feel empowered. I have a clear, distinct, whatever process of what I need to do. And I feel empowered and challenged. And that's when, like, you think about the best coaches, the best mentors you've ever had. Chances are they did both of those things. They pushed 100%. you, they, they fought for you, but they also loved you hard. And like, it's just like this beautiful balance of, I would do anything for that person because you knew they had your best interest at heart. And I think you see a lot of a lot of coaches and 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 leaders on one side or the other, and it just doesn't work. And usually, and, and you have again knowing your clientele, knowing who's working for you. Some people need a little bit more empowerment. Some people need a little bit more challenging. Right, that it isn't just black and white 50-50. It can ebb and flow a little bit, but there's got to be a balance of both in almost every instance when it comes to relationships from from a from a leadership position down. So I have a, I think an obvious, it's like a no shit Sherlock question to go with what you just said. Okay. Yeah. To be that kind of leader. Cause you're right. I think it's more rare than people want to admit to balance challenging and encouraging. I love that framework. Such a good framework. I, yeah. I can see how we can say, here are the ways we challenge appropriately. Here's the ways that we encourage appropriately. And we need some level of balance. I, I can visualize that. Okay. I imagine though, here's the no shit Sherlock part to be that kind of a leader. You've got to have trust with the person or else that's not going to fly. And so any insights on how do you build a relationship where that can work? Like work. here's why I ask, I have some sales leaders that say, Oh, Rob, I'm trying to connect to what they care about, what their ambitions and goals are. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And they say, listen, I'm going to work as hard as I can. Like I always have. And I'm going to hope that it's good enough. Like I always have. And when they try to get more, that's like, where, who are you? And why are you talking to me this way? And so uh, that always tells me you don't have the right relationship in place yet. It, yeah. it, is that part of this or not really? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I definitely think it's part of it. And I think it's super interesting because I do think in order to have any type of decent relationship, right? Trust has to exist in that. Yep. Now, if you're forcing relationships and you want them to almost become personal in like, I want to know about your dog and your family. And I would encourage you to do that, but there are going to be some people out there that don't have any interest in that. Yeah. And you can't force them to have that relationship. Like that will deter them even more. And you also, it's hard because 
you as the leader should care more than the people underneath you too. And so that is an interesting concept when you're working with people who potentially don't care as much as you do. And so when you don't understand why, give me more, give me more. And they're like, no, like this is, it's a job. It's really all I, I come to work. I do my thing. Then I get out of here and don't bother me, you know, and I'll see you again tomorrow at 8am, whatever it is. So I think it's a really unique dynamic. And when I think about working with people and everybody's different, I think of, um, motivational interviewing, which we can talk about for forever. Um, and is it its own whole study? Did we talk about this last time? No, but now um, I'm writing it down. I want to have episode three with Hannah be about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's super interesting and it's fascinating. It's all about working with someone, meeting them where they're at, almost like yep. creating a dance with them versus forcing things upon them. Because no matter how much you want somebody to have something or to understand something, if they're not open to hearing it, it doesn't matter. And you could actually turn, turn them away from it. And I mean, that happens in the baseball world all the time. Like it's not all sunshines and rainbows in MLB, like, as you can imagine, right. Not every single person is like, Hey, no, what do you got for me today? Like there are guys who are like that. And then there are guys who walk down the hallway and won't make eye contact. Like, and I can't be like, Hey, Hey, look at me. Let's have a, you, you can't do that. Right. On one hand, it's feel and building that relationship. And on the other hand, it's just understanding not everybody is going to be passionate about the same things that you are passionate about. Right. We had guys in the clubhouse. Some of them could care less about their diets, right. And the, their nutrition. We have guys in the clubhouse who don't care about lifting weights. Right. And, 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 and different people have different things that they mark as important. And so what you have to do is you just have to identify who thinks this is important, who wants to invest time in this and who doesn't. And then what's the bare minimum for the people who don't want to invest time in this, that I can at least help them become the best they can with where they're at. And then the people who do want it, how can I fully pour into them? But you don't want to waste your time and energy because you only have so much time and energy to give on something that's a dead end. And unfortunately, like sometimes it's taking a step back and just understanding this is where we're at. This is what I can give this person. That's it. Okay. Moving on. It was 2% where the next person wants 75%, you know? So I like that you brought up meeting people where they are. I think that's one of the most important ways to meet, to build trust is for people to feel like you get them no matter where they are. I, I yeah. think that's really insightful. And I got to leave that one there because I've only got like 11 minutes left. I can't believe how fast this 45 minutes has gone. It's <laughs> mind boggling. Like when I meet people like you, time just flies by. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that we give you time to make sure we did we did talk about the right things. But I have a really a question that has popped up as I've been talking to you that I, I at least want to throw out and you can yeah. dismiss it if it's wrong. We're in the performance world. You, you, you've learned that performance isn't just sports. It's, all, it's everything. And so we for sure in sales are in the performance world. And everybody's being asked to perform at a higher level than they were last year. We've talked about self-awareness. We've talked about self-talk. We've talked about uh, encouraging and we've talked about challenge and we've had a killer conversation. How important is your belief structure as you embark on something? Is that a big deal? Is that something we need to think about? Is that something that you even like to work on? Like where does beliefs fall in the world of mental performance? As far as your belief in yourself? Or your belief in general or anything. Yeah. Like you, like, I, so here's why I ask my personal belief is nobody, like if you want to change your performance, you're going to have to change behaviors and nobody uh -huh. changes behaviors permanently unless they first change a belief. I think mm -hmm. that's what I think, but I'm, you're better at this than me. And so I'm interested in how that resonates. Does that like resonate or not really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe the word I'm thinking in my head is more, what do you value versus what okay. do you believe? Um, okay. 
which I do think our values slash beliefs do shift and ebb and flow as we continue to grow. And they should, right? If, if my values are the same as they were five years ago, then I'm going to question a lot of things, right? Like, why am I not growing? Why am I not evolving? And so I absolutely think values shift and change. And it's kind of cool to think about because even where I was two years ago, my values have shifted and changed. And, and you have to reassess everything based off of what those values and beliefs are, right? And and what you stand for and what you want and the things that you, and I think that's a big piece of coming back to self-awareness too, is like, well, I've always wanted this, right? I've always, I've always wanted to be a major league mental performance coach. Well, you got it. Well, now what? Like, right. Well, now what? Like it's, it, there are pros, there are cons. There are things that were better than I could have dreamed of. There are things worse than I could have dreamed of up there. Right. And it's like, well, now what? And it's like, seven years ago, I would have been like, no, nothing. That's what I'm going to do for 50 years, like my entire life. And then it's like other doors start to open and other opportunities start to come. And it's like, wait, could I spend more time at home? Is that more valuable to me? And where I am at life right now is like from a financial perspective, from a peace perspective, from a freedom perspective, all these things come into play. And now all of a sudden we've got different values and that is interesting. Values is a really good way of looking at it. And I guess I was really looking at it through an angle of what do I believe I'm capable of X? Do I like, oh, they can do it. But I, so that's what I was going, but I like values as a way of looking at it. Again, I really appreciate your perspective, your point of view, because I think sometimes we live up or down to our expectations and we get into these ruts. We get into these like rhythms and like sometimes we're afraid to change our vibration or change our, our rhythm. And totally. I think growth requires you to think maybe different instead yeah. of looking here, you got to look up and see something that maybe you haven't seen before. And sometimes I think people have to be learned that there's something else to see. <laughs> well, we don't like anything unfamiliar, right? We, we like our comfort zones. There's a reason we like sitting on the couch, watching TV at the end of the day with our favorite people, right? There, There's a reason we don't get stressed out or we're not sweating or our heart rate isn't up when we're doing those things. We love that. And so I think, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to thinking about new situations and growth. And, and I think coming back to your original question on belief, it's, you got to be careful with belief, right? Because I think to say, I believe in myself to go do this is almost confidence, right? You're kind of alluding to like, I I I'm, think I'm confident enough to go do this, but confidence is all, oftentimes a feeling, yep. right? Where sometimes maybe one morning you wake up and you're like, I believe my podcast is going to be a hit. And then the next morning you wake up and think, I believe my podcast isn't going to be a hit. And it's like, well, do you do your actions based off of what those feelings are change from a day-to-day basis? They shouldn't, right? And so it's such an interesting bigger conversation to think about is how are you separating your feelings from your actions? And I do think that's where values come in, right? Love if that. you, if you value something, regardless of how you feel about it, you're going to continue the process to achieve it. If you, if something's not a value or you haven't acknowledged that this is something that I value, then your actions and your processes are going to ebb and flow with your level of belief or confidence or how you feel about it that day. And that's a really dangerous place to be. That was money. All right. We're down to our last seven minutes. Um, (laughs) But I want to make sure that we give people time to hear from you on how they connect to you, learn more about you, your new offerings, et cetera. 
you said something to me as we we're getting ready to start that I want to, I think is a fun way to finish because sales sometimes can be, there's a lot of spreadsheet leaders out there, Hannah, that say, well, just it's a numbers game. And I don't think that applies. I don't think, I don't think sales is a numbers game like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, resiliency, uh, the idea of the way to succeed, even when you're in a industry like sales, where you're surrounded by failure, kind of like a baseball team is to say, I need more at-bats. Can Would you mind sharing that mindset you shared with me? I think our sales leaders will find that really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was I was having this conversation earlier this week um, with another person who's really high up in sales. And we were just talking about how anyone in a sales force, but especially someone maybe particularly new or someone who's leading somebody who's new, right? really struggles with people who, you know, if they're successful one out of 10 times or maybe zero out of 10 times and how that creates almost just this lack of motivation. And like, why do I want to keep doing this? Like, I hate failing. Of course, we all hate failing. And I just, I'm not really sure I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. All of those thoughts start creeping in. And I started thinking about in baseball, right? When they say, well, if you hit 300, you're an elite level hitter, right? You are yep. arguably a Hall of Famer, especially now, right? That that number's dwindling down, actually. If you're hitting 250, you're not doing too bad, um, which means out of every 10 at-bats, you're hitting three times. You're making contact three times. The bigger picture of this, what we don't think about, and in baseball, it's a no-brainer, is if, if a baseball player gets 10 at-bats, they're pissed, they're pissed that they only got 10 opportunities because just because they got those 10 opportunities, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get three hits. That 300 average is over a vastly large amount of at-bats. We're talking 500 plus, 1,000 plus at-bats. And so it's known in the baseball world, if you're a hitter, especially if you're kind of a fringe guy, which means you're not getting every day, you're not getting five, six at-bats every single day, right? Maybe you're getting 10 a week-ish. You're furious because you're like, I need more at bats because I know the only way I can be successful is if I have more at bats. So it's not like I need 10 at bats because I'll get three. If they have 10 at bats, they're lucky if they get one hit, right? Mm. But if they get, if they have a thousand at bats, their odds of hitting 300 times are a whole lot more higher than they were at 10 at bats because they get into a better rhythm. They understand who they are better. Their swing feels good. They get more confident. They get into this groove and all of a sudden they have a three hit day. And then maybe the next day they don't hit, but then the next day they hit a four hit, you know, whatever it is, it creates this groove. And so it's this mentality of actually, we are dying to get more tries, even though we know that's going to come with a lot more failure. We almost understand this premise of more failure is going to equal more success. Like if I only get 10, 10 opportunities, I'm pissed. But if I get a thousand, I'm, I'm, and I like my odds a whole lot better of hitting 300 with a thousand at bats than hitting 300 with 10 at bats. And so it's just this different mentality where maybe in sales, it's like, well, I got 10 tries and I didn't do it. I'm not really motivated. A baseball player is like, I got 10 tries. I got one out of 10. I need a million more, like, let's go. And so it's like, how can we shift? That's a mentality. That's a decision, right? How can we bring that baseball mentality into the business world of like, go get it, dude. Like actually the more you do it, you're right. You're damn right. The more you're going to fail, but also the more you're going to succeed. And that's why this is so good because that's not, it's a numbers game. You're not saying it's a numbers yeah. game. If you get up 10 times, you'll hit. No, it's you may get game. up a hundred, you may hit up, get up a hundred times and only hit three, yep. but the next hundred, you may hit 30, right? Exactly. And exactly. so for the or leaders that are hearing this, yes. Yeah. So for the leaders that are listening to Hannah, as you're kicking off the year, 
I love this when I'm writing down on my notes and I'm just started. This is page three of notes right here. Okay. <laughs> um, success comes in doing. It doesn't come in thinking. It doesn't come in yep. planning. You're not going to just manifest or hum your way. I mean, you got to do it, right? At some day yep. point, you got to get out and do it. And that's why I love if you string together this episode and the last episode, we really talked about confidence last time. And I would say to every listener, in fact, I'll put it in the show notes. Go listen to Hannah's first episode with us, okay? Add on top of that these things, because now we're talking about doing. We're talking about being a leader who can be encouraging and challenging. I, I loved the self-awareness piece. We didn't talk about that at all last time. And so, Hannah, we, we're running out of time. How do people get more of you? Yeah, um, it's so great you asked that because my answer changed as of yesterday. So I officially launched um, launched my website. So it's just hannahuseman.com and there's a contact button on there and um, you can learn more information about what I have to offer there. And then I'm on all social medias and, and LinkedIn's a big one too. So just type in Hannah Huseman and see what pops up, whatever your, is your dealer's choice. So we will put your website, we'll put any of the social platforms all right. in the show notes as well as last last episode. Let's let's give you a chance to uh, put a bow on top of everything we just talked about. We've had a killer conversation for the last 45 minutes. If you were to summarize, we got 50,000 leaders, all kick, not all, lots kicking off the year. A lot more will be kicking off in January. Some have middle of the year fiscal years, but they're all chasing things that have never been done, just like a baseball team chasing a World Series, okay? Any advice relative to mental performance that you give these leaders as they are about to help lead a team places that it's never gone before? Oh, I think the last thing I would say is remember, you only have so much energy to give every day. So be careful giving your energy to things that you have no control over. Give your energy to the things you can actually do something about. So we only have so much energy to give and you want to be really cautious and really protective over your energy because at the end of the day take a step back and ask yourself even even today after listening to this podcast what did i give my energy to today where did i waste my energy where did i put my energy in the right times and the right places where did i spend my time and you might note even if it's social media for some of us right that it's like did i waste my energy on that today whatever it is start to protect your time and your energy a whole lot more than you ever have before which goes according with our self-awareness talk earlier today, if you can protect your energy and you know yourself better, I like your odds of becoming a better version of you. Let's go. What a great way. Hannah, you're the best. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of 50,000 leaders worldwide, Amazing. thank you for giving time from you. Uh, I want to be the you. first to say congrats on your new website. I wish you the very best. Uh, we're going to be getting a lot more of Hannah inside the uh, the Sales Leadership United as well. I my advice is going to be to the, to leaders everywhere check out what Hannah has to offer. Her name is Hannah Huseman. Uh, she's a, a mental performance to some of the highest performing mental performance coach, some of the highest performing people in all walks of life. Uh, check out what she has to offer because she will help you grow and improve in areas that most people struggle with. And it will be one of the most important competitive advantages that you can have in yourself. So Hannah, thank you so much. I wish you the greatest success. Can't wait to have you back for episode three sometime. I hope it's faster than two years from now. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. It was always a great time. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first... 
you know this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United has had so much growth, and I am grateful to each of you who has chosen to check it out. Our purpose of Sales Leadership United is simple. I want to give you access to the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Listen, I coach over 100 sales leaders. They're in big companies. They're in new companies. They're in every industry that matters. They're people that are new to leadership, people that are new to their companies. They're people that are the most seasoned sales leaders in the world. It's the whole gamut. And every one of them is looking for more tools. Everyone is looking to become elite. Everyone wants more insights. Everyone wants more perspective. They ask me questions like, how do you create systems? How do you create foundations? How do you create change? How do you coach? How do you lead up, manage up? How do you collect to a totally different generation? And the number one question I continue to get every single day, what are other leaders like me doing to solve problems like the ones I'm facing right now? And that's why you need to check out Sales Leadership United. All the tools, all the training, all the techniques, perspective that can only come from the benefit of thousands of leaders working with other leaders from all around the world. If you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code to Rob to get a free trial. This thing is a cheat code for advancing your leadership impact. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. Listen, I love Hannah Huseman. Every time I talk to her, I learn so much. People loved her when she was on the show before, and when the Texas Rangers won the World Series, I knew I had to have her back on the show. But to have her help kick off 2024, to have her come on the show in January while we're all doing kickoffs, that's something we could be thankful for. Listen, it's SKO season. I have done 13 of them already if going back to, to uh, November. And I've been on the road this week, last week. I'll be on the road the next three weeks. I, I'm, I'm delivering SKOs. And the reason that this is so interesting to me is there was a time that people wanted kind of tips or tricks. When I do SKOs now, it's mostly about mindset. Here's why. The elite performers do consistently what the average ones do occasionally. And so if you can help people have that mindset that – it's about possibilities and not activities. And how do I create systems? How do I, how do I think bigger? How do I believe more? How do I change all these things that Hannah talked about? I, I've got several more SKOs I'm going to do this year. I'm going from city to city helping teams all around the world get a fast start uh, on the year that we're having. And I'm telling you, every single strategic success plan needs to include mindset. Because performance always has and always will start with belief. And here's the challenge. Very few leaders are actually changed how to help develop or change mindsets. Most of us just become cheerleaders. Where that character that Rob Schneider plays on the Waterboy, Adam Sandler movie, where he says all through the movie, you can do it. You know, we, we say things like, you got this. You know, we, and we try to have rah-rahs. And there's a lot of people that want to be quote unquote motivational speakers. There is tr authentic motivation and there is fake motivation. And too, not enough of us know how to get to that authentic place where we get to the belief level. Elite leaders know that if you're going to change performance, you got to change what you think. It's that simple. 
and there's more to it than just talking about it. And if you just keep doing the cheerleading approach, it's going to feel hollow. And then people aren't going to pay attention to what you have to say. And the reality is mindset is the foundation for anything that's performance related from the Texas Rangers all the way into sales. And so to change our performance, we're going to need to change our behaviors and no human being in the world changes behaviors permanently unless they first change their beliefs. Listen, every single one of us can develop bulletproof, titanium-grade mindsets, but it doesn't happen on accident. You're going to have to be intentional about it. There's a reason Hannah's company is named Mental Sweat, because it's work. We just haven't been trained how to do it. And I'm telling you, my biggest personal expense every year is what I pay my mindset coach. Learning how the mind muscle works has been so incredible for me personally. Watching other people learn how the mind muscle works has been so fulfilling for me. It has helped me navigate scenarios I thought I would never have to overcome. And I've learned that any plan that doesn't include a mindset element is going to have unnecessary challenges. We will always have challenges. But what I found is some of them are unnecessary. And if you can eliminate the unnecessary challenges, the whole game changes. It's like being a golfer that can hit long off the drive. Then your approach shots are short irons and it changes everything. Every leader that's listening to this show, every leader in the world is going to be asked to create the most successful year in company history every single year. It's what we sign up for. And that's why elite leaders create new possibilities, not just new or more activities. They understand that they have to help those they lead think bigger, think different, so they can believe bigger and believe different. And this is where growth begins, in how you think. And that's why I'm so grateful to have Hannah rejoin us this week. Because as you kick off 2024, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to have a mind shift and mindset plan that's part of your leadership strategy. And Hannah's insights, good night. They are so important. Go back and pay attention to her thoughts around self-talk, on balancing uh, how we are encouraging but also challenging on creating a culture where there's really no choice but to buy in. And to wrap this up, I've thought for a long time that the sport of baseball has more similarities to sales than any other sport. One of the biggest reasons is it's because it's about resiliency. It's about strong mental toughness. An elite batting average for a major league baseball player and an elite win rate for a professional salesperson are pretty similar. And if Hannah's work is enough to help the Texas Rangers win the World Series. I promise you, her work will help your team experience the best year of their careers as well. So Hannah, thank you so much for joining me again. Congrats on your success with the Rangers. Congrats on your success in your private practice. I love your approach to mindset development. I believe that the foundation of anything performance-related always has and always will start with mindset. So Hannah, thank you for sharing such powerful insights with our worldwide audience. My advice is to connect with Hannah. Reach out to her. You're going to find that she's an incredible resource. I love the material that she creates. I've included links in the show notes to make it easy to listen to Hannah's previous episode, to connect with her, and to follow her hashtag, Mental Sweat Monday, to see what she's doing. And then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of my 
of the highlights of this conversation with Hannah, and then so many other amazing guests of the show. I'll have several clips that will be huge leadership resources for you. You're going to want to use these videos for sure. Finally, thanks to you, each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. And you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Sales Leadership United and check it out. You'll be glad you did. And keep those DMs coming. Man, I love them. Tell me what you want to hear about. Tell me who you want to get on the show. And, and, and thank you for reaching out and letting me know that the show is making a difference. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Don't ever forget that our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. And if you liked this message, please, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. And then get after it because life is short. There's no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. So maximize your today. Be elite, live strong, chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Here's to a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.